Um, last episode was the part one. Um, this is the part two. This is part one of where trauma lies, um, and that's lies, L-I-E-S, because we were talking about trauma, um, and lies and, and the effect that it has um, on our lives if, if it doesn't go addressed, if it doesn't go challenged. And so just to kind of recap, um, Lee, what are, what are some things that, that we kind of discussed about about lies and, and what they are and where they come from? Uh, just real simply is that a lot of times uh, guys that come through our program, and this is true of a lot of people, is that there'll be some incident, something that happened in their childhood or in their family that planted a lie, and then out of that lie has grown this whole understanding of who they are and who, who they're not. Uh, and sometimes, and majority of times, that's really toxic and unhealthy mm-hmm. understanding. Um, so a lie being a seed a being seed. planted and yep. pretty much just destroying you mm-hmm. as you're trying to grow and producing death um, in decay in your story as you're trying to figure out who you are um, and your call in life. Yep. Um, that's good. You guys, yeah, I just want to... I just want to say really quick, if you haven't listened to part one, you should probably stop this episode yeah. and go and listen to that. For sure. Which, def- definitely do that because... yeah. It, this won't make a whole lot of sense yeah, if you don't. Definitely. Um, but we talked about in that first episode sort of what lies are, what trauma is in this context, mm-hmm. um, the effect they have on us, and when they take root and, and just the the ripple-down effect through generations um, and where it comes from. In this episode, we kind of want to talk about the hope side, the side of what can you do about it. Yeah. Because the truth is, I'll let you in now before we get into it, you're not stuck. You can get out of it. You can combat it. You can you can work through it. It's going to take some work. And that's what we want to talk about in this episode. Yeah. yeah, it's not easy. It's messy. It's hard. And like we said in the first episode, you're going to have to walk through the gates of hell. Mm-hmm. But you keep walking. Yeah. Keep so I think the, f- the best place to start is Lee. Why don't you share your experience um, sort of uh, as in-depth as you want about how you began to access that trauma in your life. Yeah, um, again, I, it was when I came out to Colorado um, and had sat with a pastor here and asked me about my story, and I told him you know, some of the trauma. And I'd, he was really the first person I t- had told the larger majority of my story to, and it ruined me. Mm-hmm. It really ruined me. Uh, but he, he had lived his own life and had his own trauma and had done his own work. And so he was he was able to point me in the right direction, but but previously to this point, and this is kind of where we ended the last session talking about uh, my understanding of what I was supposed to do from a religious perspective was that I was supposed to read more, pray more, serve more, fast more, memorize more, just keep going. Right. And this pastor said to me, uh, "You can't do that." And I'm like, I didn't understand what he said or what he was meaning. And he said, "That's like telling someone with cancer to ignore the cancer." And I was still puzzled. And he's like, sometimes if you have cancer, you need to have surgery, you need to have chemotherapy. And a lot of times you'll get sicker before you ever get yeah. healthier. Well, where, what As, was your life like in in that time when you were just trying to do all these things, read more, pray more, 
fast more, you know. Yeah, I, which is perfect because I, I totally wanted to talk about this is that I think um, it it leads to bad religion, hmm. you know, uh, because there's no gospel, there's no grace. Yeah. You know, it's just uh, like Richard Rohr says that people that don't live in the fullness of what Christ has for us, they uh, choose to live this moralistic endurance test. In, in the sense that I'm just going to try hard to be as good as I can, and hopefully I make it till I die. Right. You know, but that there's a whole lot more available to us through Christ than just enduring and trying to be a good boy until we die. Seriously, I mean, it was for freedom's sake, you know, that right. Christ died. Christ right. died for our freedom, and to just think that you have to just do all these religious activities—that's a lie in itself. Mm-hmm. You know, so what? Well, well, like, what was the like was there confusion um I, I think I think when I spoke to him about this and he challenged me that it's it started probably the hardest chapter of my life hmm. but what I what I didn't realize when, as I was living out this moralistic endurance thing uh, was that I was I had lost faith I had lost hope and in the middle of it I was losing all joy hmm. um, and and really was getting angry at God because it felt like God wasn't doing his part of the equation. You know, like if you're a good boy, God's gonna do this, you know, or if you stay sexually pure, you're gonna have this great wife. Or if you do, you know, if you're good with your finances, God's gonna bless you with, you know, all these things that-, that God's not an if then. Exactly, it's, yeah. it's not a contractual thing yeah. like that. Uh, and so I think in the middle of my bad understanding of that, that I was losing hope, losing faith, losing joy. So where did the process start to redeeming all of that? Uh, I had to, I had to risk. I mean, there was a moment with this pastor that I had to risk. I had to choose to risk, and I think I was ready. You know, it's I, this isn't a journey. I think that you can force. Like I, I think you, get, like when guys come to the training ground program, the thing that we look for the most is a guy that's hungry, hmm. a guy that wants to change. Because if you if you don't want to do it, you're not going right, to. Right, of course. It's got to be the right time, and for me, it was the right time. I was I was desperate and didn't realize how desperate I was, um, and so that that began a process where things got a lot harder for me over the next three five years, because I I had to I had to really take a look at the real evil that was set against me, and you know how do you do that you know like yeah. part of part of the resistance to my own healing was I didn't want to look at the fullness of evil. But in, until you're able to actually see the wounds, see the sickness, uh, the, you're not going to get healing. Like if you don't understand that your leg is broke, you're not going to put it in a cast. Right. You're just going to keep walking on that thing and make more and more damage, more and more damage. But you got to know that the leg is broke uh, to know that it needs healing. Yeah, and for me, I had no idea that I needed healing. You know, it was a it was a God appointment for me to come to training ground, and got that through coming here, but I guess my question sort of is on the practical side, you know, for the guy listening who doesn't have the resources that, that we have or hasn't been in training ground yet, yet I said, <laughs> um, what, what, what would you say to him? As far as what's the practical way the to start? The first step to start to access that trauma and lies. Yeah, we kind of stated this a little bit earlier, is that you've, you've got to find people that have done their own work. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you've you got to find people in your community that have been through hard times 
and 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 yet still have a joy and still have faith and still have have hope and uh and our god's representation of grace in your community and you'll be able to tell who those people are yeah somebody who's been there somebody you you see their their fruit the outcome of their work and more and than likely good. they're not going to be the leader mm. they're not going to be the top deacon in your church you know uh beca- because you can you can rise in religion to a place of power and authority without being a man of character you know and a lot of times the men of character uh, and I know this is a very dangerous things to say, but a lot of times the people that have done their work aren't going to be up front and people. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, they're going to be people in the background that you don't necessarily haven't seen before. Yeah. Uh, because they're not promoting themselves. Or, absolutely. You know. In a contrast, tell me about Lee before accessing your trauma. Right. Just give me a quick there. And then I want to hear how has your life changed? since you've done that work i would say uh lee beforehand was the the gerbil on the wheel you know just keep running just keep going just keep doing it just go 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 Mm -hmm. you know and um there's a lot of affirmation by teaching people to do the same thing and there was a lot of applause like people would hear my story and and you know like hey he, he really bucked up and he's a you know, he's a great guy, and yeah. you know, and and that was all took so much energy. It required so much energy to maintain that. Um, it was it was self driven, um, and and I would like to think that since then that I have been able to relax a lot, mm-hmm. and maybe too much. Right. <laughs> you know, maybe too much to the point of like, I'm like, oh man, I need to get moving again. Uh, but uh, th- there is there is this understanding for me, uh, and I know this is inflammatory, uh, and so don't take it out of context. I'd love to have a conversation about it. But, but there is an understanding that because of Christ, because I'm his son, uh, because of the work that he's done, and because of what I see in scripture, that my sin is irrelevant. Right. Mm-hmm. My sin is irrelevant. Uh, and that allows me to relax in what God has done. Because I don't have to maintain that. I can't maintain it. Mm. Uh, I have to relax. And and those that are closest to me will know that I still struggle. You know, and they'll have to remind me of that, you know. Uh, because that, that just doesn't all go away all at once. But I, I, I would like to say that I'm a lot more relaxed. Um, I understand that in a lot of ways... I think I think before there's this understanding that that God and I had this contract, and because of that contract, I had handholds on Him. That in in essence, I could steer God where I wanted to because of biblical law. Mm. And I think the thing that I've understood since then is that there are no handles. All there is is surrender and and falling back into all that God is, mm-hmm. and trusting Him with it. It's like I can't control God. All I can do is surrender. And, and the Bible even says that in some ways that, that you can't even do that. <laughs> mm. You know, that, that you only do that by God's hand. Yeah. You know, but but where before it was white knuckle, gripping God, now it's falling back into all that he is and just like, it's like a trust fall on a challenge course. You know, you just lay back and let him catch you. Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds overly simplistic, but that's as nearly as I can explain the difference probably. Yeah. Something that uh, I'm reminded of right now is in my experience in in the summer program, 
I wanted to rush the process. Um, and in trying to rush that process, trying to actually bypass going deep enough into my story and having the right compassion towards the boy inside of me um, and just wanting to be like, I'm broken here. I want healing here. I, where's the portal? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to go through C or through B to get to C. Right. You know? Um, so what would, what would you say to, to that? Like, how do, how do we give compassion to our story and to our heart and the trauma that has happened to our heart? Um, to, to get in, into that space, um, so the healing can start. Yeah, um, man. You know, a, sh- a sure sign of healing is when you're able to value and treasure all of those things. Mm. Uh, because there's this, there's a shame or there's a guilt or whatever it is around this whole thing. I just gotta get past this. I don't want to look at it. I don't want to mm-hmm. look at it. You know, I just want to keep going. Uh, and the enemy doesn't either. Yeah. Because the enemy knows that if you go in and look at all that stuff, that you're going to see truth. Yeah. And you're going to see where God was, you know, and you're going to you're going to see all of those things, and and you're actually going to be able to have compassion for that younger self that just did the best with, with the resources that were in front of them, mm-hmm. that made good choices and made bad choices. Uh, the enemy doesn't want you to get to a point where you have compassion for your younger self, uh, and and for and for those broken places, which is vital. Yeah. Like you have to. Um, I think it was George McDonald that said the hardest part of knowing who God is is unlearning who you think he is and learning who he actually is. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's part of the process is that when you go back into your story, that you have to unlearn who you thought you were. You have to unlearn who you thought God was. You have to unlearn what you thought his role was. And you have to go back and say, with the help of others, with professionals or godly people, say what actually happened. Mm-hmm. Right. Because if you do that, you might actually find out that, you know, the, the young Luke or the young Nick was actually like, wow, he's a champ. Mm-hmm. Like he made it. Yeah. Like he, look at him. Look at right. him doing the best with what he had. Yeah. Look at him. I, like, like I sit here and look at you guys and be like, there is no reason outside of God's grace that you are who you are. Mm. You know, and if you can't hold that within, within yourself and for yourself, then there's still lies at, at play here. Right. There's still lies that are that are making accusation against you, that that God doesn't want you to live in any longer than you need to. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, that brings brings my mind to the passage um, in the Bible where, oh gosh, I'm losing it. It's pretty much just the truth will set you free. Um, paraphrase, yeah. Paraphrase. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. But um, so, so let me just say that I mean with the lies that are set against you, that there are, there are personalities in your story. Um, and in a lot of places, they're called perpetrators. Hmm. And these perpetrators are skilled at getting out of young men and women the things that they need for themselves. But in the process, those perpetrators make you complicit in the thing that has happened, the sin, the lie, the activity, if it's sexual abuse or whatever it is. The perpetrator makes you complicit in the, in those acts, and when you th- believe that you're complicit as a four or five years old, then that's where 
you take on the identity of whatever it was. If you're not masculine enough, not strong enough, if I'm a perpetrator, you know, like for a lot of guys that have gone through sexual abuse, they'll believe, well, I must have wanted it. Mm-hmm. I must have wanted that. Yeah. Maybe um, I was, I was strong enough. I knew I was fault. strong enough and I didn't fight back. Right. Yep. You so, know? It's, so it's my fault. Or I didn't scream or I didn't right. run and tell somebody right, right after, um, or, or I mean anything. So I must have wanted it. So yeah. What, what is easier for a guy to believe that he was strong enough and didn't do anything about it or wasn't strong enough and couldn't have done anything about it. Right. I mean, a guy's supposed to be strong, right? Yeah. So, like, I must have been strong enough. And if you believe you were strong enough that, that you could have stopped it, that then, you know, you're guilty. Mm-hmm. But if you could understand and look at yourself and say, what four, five, six, seven, nine, 12, 13-year-old has the strength? The physical strength. Emotional strength, mental strength yeah. to overcome an adult 30 years older, 20 years older? Mm-hmm. You know, give me a break. Yeah. Well, and especially if if you've never been exposed to this and if this is the the first time there's so much like so much new that your brain is trying to wrap around you don't even know that it's necessarily wrong is what I hear with a lot of right. people in their stories. Exactly. Until you, after and then you're like, Oh, I feel wrong. Nine times out of ten, the perpetrator or the person that has done the damage is someone that is that is known by the child, mm. um, and someone that they love, you know. And what the perpetrator does is take a legitimate need for care, for affirmation, or whatever, and uses that against the child to have their needs met. Twists it. Yep. Yeah. Takes a legitimate right need and twists it, and 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 the enemy uses that uh, for the lie. Yeah. So in the healing process, what we're going to do is go into that and kind of invite God in that process, right? And have him point out what's a lie and what's truth and what's deception and where he was. Well, you're also going to need the perspective of someone else. Absolutely. We, I, I couldn't have done the work that I did this summer without Jake Mickey and Lee mm-hmm. and Corey and Ryan, you know? Yeah. And neither could you. Oh, so yeah. it's, it's also going to take the other person that you trust that has done their work and sharing with them and their perspective. Yeah, that's that's an amazing point. I mean, because if, yeah, trying to do that alone, I'm just thinking about that. Trying to do that alone you wouldn't with, even have got started. With, with a lie yeah. that has been a part of you and defining you and, and creating this layer upon layer of layer of shame to go into your you know quiet space like there's so much blocking your spirit ears and your heart ears from god's voice and so where god uses community is is in that and he will be known as god as the healer through community there are so many stories i could tell you about guys that have been through the training ground program or that i've known other places that I'll, I'll be like, you don't know your own story. Mm. They're like, what are you talking about? You know, I, I remember this one guy came through the program and he's like, I know my story. And I, I was like, I took his last name, put it online. And within five minutes, I found out that he had an uncle that had passed away that he never knew about. Just found it on, online. And he was right. like, like, I thought I knew my own story. I'm wow. like, you don't know your own story. Yeah. 
Um, there's countless guys that have come through the program that have had some sort of sexual experience uh, as a child uh, through a brother or a neighbor or somebody that has exposed them to something that they've never told anyone about. Mm -hmm. Anyone about. And they live with such guilt and shame and accusation because of that thing. Um, and and I was, I have been able to, had the privilege to countless times say, no, mm -hmm. that wasn't you. Yeah. But no one has ever said that before. Yeah. So I, I remember there was a time when I was in counseling and, and my counselor had asked me about a situation and I explained it to him. And uh, he's like, what? I was like, yeah, this happened, da, da, da. He's like, what are you saying? You know, mm -hmm. and I explained to him a third time and, and he's like, your mother was fucking nuts, you know, and ex excuse the vocabulary. Yeah. But it was like the most Christian thing that anyone had ever said to me because he was the first person in my life to say, child with legitimate needs, unhealthy mother. Mm -hmm. Not your fault. Not your fault. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it sounds like Goodwill hunting, hunting, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not your fault. It's not your fault. Well, well and then to also bring he didn't say it like a robot. And so no. he brought the, that kind of emotional aspect to yeah, that, it of the, like, Oh wow. That's so sorry for you. Of, like, Oh my gosh. Right. You have no idea how messed up that is. Do yeah. You? Right. Yeah. Right. There was no shame for me. Mm. It was like, he was advocating for that younger mm. person, that, that younger me that didn't Cause know. you had become complicit. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I didn't understand. Yeah. I, I, I assumed that I deserved what had happened. Mm -hmm. But it took you hearing that from someone with the outside perspective. Right. I think that's the biggest part. And it, it's not with just anyone. Right. You know, like, hey, if you're having issues and you've you experienced these things, 20-something guy, you don't need to tell your girlfriend about it. Mm -hmm. You know? There's certain people that you don't need to share that with, maybe in the current time. Mm -hmm. Find the person that you trust that has been there that you can share with and yeah. get that perspective. Because like Lee said in, in our part one episode, this is holy ground. These are, this is the secrets of our hearts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this there's certain sacred. relationships. Sacred, yeah. Yeah. This is sacred yeah. territory. And you don't let anyone just with their muddy boots come into the sanctuary. Mm -mm. You just don't. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and you need to make sure that they're going to affirm the work of the gospel in you. You know? Right. Uh, or speak to you out of truth, or speak truth to you out of a place of love, not a place of con right. Condemn. You don't want them to confirm the lie yeah. mm -hmm. because they haven't done their own work. There, there was a time uh, that I was struggling with my own story and just felt weighted down by all this stuff, and I'm like, Lord, what is going on? And He led me to, to Romans eight one says, you know, there is now no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus, and if you belong to Him, then the power of the life giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. I'm like, okay. There's no condemnation. I've been freed from the power of sin that leads to death. Then, then, then what is this? Mm. What am I feeling? And, and I felt like God said to me, residue. Mm. And, and Because there's so much in this world. There's people, well-intentioned people, that will confirm the residue of the sin in your life. And I was like, well, why is that a big deal? And, and it's like God was like, um, you, would, you would never take a Van Gogh painting and strap it to the bottom of a Jeep and go mudding. Mm. Right. You just wouldn't. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Because you understand that that painting has value. But so often we go mudding with the very sacred, valuable parts of ourselves because we don't understand how much value they are. And I, th I think God was saying to me is like, you don't understand your value, so you 
you drag your most valuable things into the dirt and in, in front of people that, that don't deserve to see it. But if you understand, like, like you'll get married one day, you would never take your wife's wedding dress and drag it behind your vehicle. Right. You just wouldn't. Mm -hmm. Why? Yeah. It's valuable. So it's don't do it to your story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So Lee, um, resources. Resources for guys listening right now. Um, I'll say training ground because I always do. So, <laughs> <laughs> this is the ground. training ground podcast. So. Apply to training ground. We get to say that. Yeah, there, there are probably different books for different levels, but anything by Dan Allender on the wounded, wounded heart is mm -hmm. just phenomenal. And uh, the older you get, you know, if, if, if adults are out there, there are weekends that they offer on your story, knowing your story and trauma, and certainly the certification. But Leading with a Limp is a book that he wrote. And, and Wounded Heart, as far as I'm concerned, uh, you know, would be the thing that I wish that the, 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 the whole of our culture could understand because I think, I think Dan Allender represents the truth of, of the gospel of grace in that book mm -hmm. to people that are really wounded. And, and it's a gospel and it's a religion that I would love to promote yeah. in our society. I would also say um, the book Wild at Heart by John Eldridge speaks to the father wound and the mother wound. Mm -hmm. um, another great resource. There, there's countless uh, resources. And also, you know, if you have any questions at all and, and you don't have anyone to turn to, you can always feel free to email Luke or I. Um, yeah, or even Lee. Or even Lee. You know, uh, it's Lee at trainingground.com. It's Nick at trainingground.com. It's Luke at trainingground.com. We'd be happy to talk to you mm -hmm. and get on the phone with you. Um, yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. Let me just say is that we have got to challenge the things that we believe about ourselves. We have got to. And we've got to do that with people that have done their work, you know. Uh, and, and for me, it comes down to this. It, it, later in Romans, it says, what should we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since God did not spare his own son but gave him up for us, won't God who gave us Christ also give us everything else? It goes on to say, who dares then accuse those whom God has chosen for his very own? Mm. Will God? No, for he is the one who gave us right standing with himself. Who, who then will condemn us? Will Christ Jesus? No, for he is the one who died for us, was raised to life for us, was sitting at the right hand of the Father pleading mm. for us. And it goes on to say that you know death or pestilence or none of those things can separate us. But my point in that scripture, which I love, is that if God doesn't accuse us and Jesus doesn't condemn us, who the else matters yeah, you know yeah, nobody else matters right. before god with your story there's no condemnation there's no accusation mm -hmm. uh and 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 it's all there for us mm -hmm. so if we can start with that understanding then that hopefully allows us a freedom to walk into our story uh with a little bit more courage and strength right. because we know that god is for us he's not against us mm -hmm. he's not condemning he's not accusing uh, and he doesn't want us to spend a moment longer than necessary in guilt or shame. He wants us to be free. Uh, Allender describes it as joining the party. Like God has this way for us and we have our way. And God's like, come join the party. Mm -hmm. Come, you know, repentance is turning from the thing that is not working for us and joining God with the thing and the plan that he has for us. Yeah, turning, turning away from the thing that's killing us. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And enjoying that party that's really good that's awesome hey we do want to thank you guys for tuning in um as always you can find us at www.tggaragetalks.com where you'll also find a link to our main website and find out lots of other information about uh, who lee is who training ground is what we do and how to get involved in mm -hmm. multiple levels um 
you know, make sure you're following us on Instagram at yeah. Hey Garage Talks. Absolutely. And on Instagram, uh, we just put a, it's called Linktree. Super cool thing. There's a link in our bio. You click that or tap that on your phone, um, and it's going to give you three other links. Uh, one is to our iTunes account. The other one is to uh, these training ground videos that were made a while ago um, that are really insightful and really good, um, kind of giving you a visual. It's almost like the first like training ground podcast. Yeah, but, that's what it was. Um, Corey Smith interviewed a lot of our guides, um, and there's conversations about story, about a woman's heart, um, and so on. Um, and so there are more resources there. And then the last link is to um, to donate to either Training Ground or TG Garage Talks. Um, if you guys want to join us in our mission, um, which I mean, like the conviction on, on our height, on our hearts for what we're doing is is huge. And so if you are wanting to join us in that, um, then you can do so. Yeah. In that. And please, if you enjoy this podcast, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe, and also share um, on iTunes because that will that's the biggest step right now in getting us uh, to be able to continue to bring this show to you guys. So that was part two of Trauma with Lee. Um, and we thank you guys so much for listening. Yeah. Uh, this is TG Garage Shocks. I'm Nick. And I'm Luke. I'm Lee. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for joining us. Bye.